What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. Um, hopefully, I have more people coming in shortly. We've got a lot of people already in the call queue, and I want to get to as many folks as we can. So want to thank everyone once again. If you want to come and call and talk and ask a question, and you're wondering how to do so because you are not able to at the moment, you got to download the app, make an account, and uh, you'll be able to press, press that call button and we'll get you on stage. A lot of stuff happening. Obviously, a three-team deal has already been completed with Russell Westbrook going to Utah. Um, he's expected to be bought out um, and become an unrestricted free agent. Um, we've got D'Angelo Russell heading back to the Lakers with Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. We've got Mike Conley headed to Minnesota to reunite with Rudy Gobert. Definitely seems like Yaka Pertl could be the next domino to fall with talks between Toronto and San Antonio ongoing. Um, that's kind of, I'll set the stage there. We'll bring on Jimbo and we'll get things moving. Jimbo, what's up? Hey, Jay, can you hear me? I hear you. How are you? Good. Thanks for doing this, man. I, uh, I wanted to see where you think the Bucks are at and if they're going to make any moves before the uh, deadline tomorrow or if you think that they might uh, might be waiting for the buyout market to prosper and go after someone like a Will Barton or maybe a Justin Holiday in the buyout market. Yeah, the Bucks are definitely looking to get better. I mean, obviously, the Jay Crowder stuff has been there all along, dating back to October. Um, and there's definitely been some talk uh, today of Derek Rose to Milwaukee. I don't know exactly how that deal would work, but it seems like New York has had interest in Grayson Allen. Um, there'd be like a little bit of a gap in salary left to make that happen, but Rose to Milwaukee has been something that's at least been popping up around the league today. And I think Boyan Bogdanovich is also someone from my conversations that uh, Milwaukee has looked at. I don't know if they'll be able to make a deal there in that the Pistons have – Really, I mean, they've been listening on Boyan Bogdanovich. They've definitely been telling teams we need at least an unprotected first. Um, so, I mean, who's to say if they actually do make a deal? They've been, you know, throwing out mixed signals that they want to keep him, that they're still listening. Um, but those are kind of the only names I've heard from Milwaukee so far. I'm sure in the buyout market they'll look to do something if they, um, if they have, if they haven't struck a deal. I've definitely heard they've been making uh, back-channel inroads, let's say, to potential buyout candidates. So, um, yeah, the Bucks have been as creative as any team under John Horse. So they'll, they'll definitely be looking to do things. Uh, Jimbo, anything else? Just, just as a quick follow-up to that, what what value does Derek Rose even have on the trade market? He hasn't played in months. And for all the slack that Grace Allen gets, and I, I think he actually is pretty unplayable um, in a series against Boston or – most most teams, I think he's pretty unplayable in the playoffs. But I would think that Grayson Allen would have more value than a guy that's kind of washed at this point and isn't playing. Yeah, I mean, it's a very good point. There there could be some capital going back. I mean, Cam Reddish has also been on the Bucks' radar, so maybe that's something to uh, wet Milwaukee's whistle. Um, but – I don't know if that's the deal framework. I was just kind of connecting two dots together of things from both sides there. So um, with Rose, you're right. Like he's not playing the rotation um, and he's probably someone that's 
I mean, he's someone that could even be, you know, a buyout candidate. So I don't think Milwaukee would be giving up too, too much, but you have to match that salary. So, I mean, they're obviously well over the cap and that's going to be a complication. I think with anybody um, who's making money into the teens, that's not like a Jay Crowder, nine, $10 million salary. That's kind of equivalent to, to Grayson Allen's number. Um, Stone, how can we help? Hey, Jake, how's it going? Uh, I just had a two-part sort of question. One was whether or not you've heard anything on, like, the Lakers as a follow-up trade. Uh, I know they still have Beverly, Lonnie Walker, and the 29 first. I don't know if they're looking to move those or if you've heard anything on that. Sorry, I just read a text and completely lost the team that you – can you just read – can you uh, – <laughs> no, no worries. Again? No worries. Um, I just wanted to know, I know we still have Beverly and Monty Walker yes, in the book Lakers. in the 29 first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers did not want to move to first with Russell Westbrook. It seemed like they were only interested in doing that for Kyrie. Um, all these other deals that have been kind of floating out in the ether, like something with Charlotte for Terry Rozier. Um, and even all along their talks with Utah, it seemed very clear that they did not want to move both first round picks. Um, so, and a lot of that has been with a an idea of still having flexibility this year, but also with the idea that once we get to the draft, they could have multiple second rounders or multiple first rounders, excuse me, to move in the off season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was texting with the Lakers person after the deal kind of got the dust kind of settled and they said, don't make any assumptions when I asked about Patrick Beverly heading out the door. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've been, they've definitely discussed deals with Beverly and Lonnie Walker. Um, and I, I would not think the Lakers will be, you know, just putting their feet up on the couch and be, and being happy with their work here. I mean, they're happy with their work for sure. Don't get me wrong, but I, I would, I mean, they might not get anything else done, but I would definitely suspect that Beverly's salary will be something with, I mean, to be honest, off the top of my head, I don't even know how much draft capital they have left to, to spend here, but I would think they're clearly definitely going to continue to look. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the sort of second part to that was, um, I know they moved their 27 first and it was protected one through four. Yep. Um, so do they still have the rights to trade the 29 first? Because what does the 27 defer to? Because I know with the step in, if it were to defer to 28, their 29 wouldn't be available. That's a great question. Um, I should ask this person now i'm not going to get an answer immediately but i do not know all i know and all i have confirmed is top four protected i don't know about uh the deferrals and and if it doesn't convey um that's a i I don't know that top of my head to be honest i'm sorry that's a great thought i will look into that right now appreciate you stone appreciate cj there we go hey jake how's it going Doing well. How are you? Doing well. Thanks so much for for answering this call here. So, um, yeah. so I'm a jazz fan. Uh, you and I actually talked during the summer a little bit about um, a Russell Westbrook trade. You know, with the Jazz at the time, um, Bojan Bogdanovic still hadn't been traded yet. Um, and I know, obviously, as a Jazz fan, um, at that point, I was definitely hoping if that ever was going to happen to get the two first rounders from 27 and 29. But all things considered. I think the the one first was, you know, I think it's fair for both sides, um, especially taking on, you know, Westbrook. And I guess what my first question is, um, is, is there any chance Westbrook doesn't get bought out in Utah? Like, is it a 
basically foregone conclusion that he's getting bought out, or is there any way he sticks around uh, for the rest of the season with Utah? I, if he doesn't get bought out, it would be a total shock to me and to a lot of people around the league. Uh, I mean, today as – so I first heard of the three-team concept last night um, and then as I was start, I was trying to pin it down and it wasn't too far fetched. So like when you first see a three team trade um, of, Oh, actually I have the answer right now to the last question. I've been told if the 2027 pick doesn't convey the top four protected pick to Utah, it just becomes a 2027 LA second. So there you go. <laughs> um, apologies if that's already been reported, but uh, yeah. So the um, usually like a three team deal where it's starry names like that. It sounds complicated, but Utah and the Lakers have been talking about Russell Westbrook stuff, like you said, dating back to last summer. So it wasn't that hard. At the, it wasn't really more than a hop, skip, and a jump. I think to, I mean, I think we kind of all jumped the gun a bit on reporting it. Like when the word of the deal got out there, I definitely think it was not super, super close to getting done. Um, and I think there was still work to be done to re uh, rope in Minnesota side of things. Um, but I mean, the jazz had been holding out for first round. Pick. That's, the, that's, the, that's what they were saying. They were going to get a first round pick for Conley and a first round pick for Beasley and a first round pick for Vanda to the point where, I mean, someone from the Sixers even said to me, like, we'd love to get Jared Vanderbilt, but I mean, the, the, what, what the Jazz are saying, that they're asking pri- what their price is for him, it's just like too much. And look, a lot of people in the league were skeptical of it, and they only got what they got back for all three of those guys heading out the door. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, to get that pick is a nice asset, and who knows where the Lakers will be in 2027. Um, but they clearly got a lesser price on what they were looking for and telling teams they were going to be able to get. And I do know Utah had like a thing with Portland for uh, Vanderbilt and two second round picks coming back. Like there was iterations that they had elsewhere, but um, obviously they took this. And I mean, Russ is not going to be a member of the jazz. I mean, today as we were trying to figure out how the pieces were going to get moved to like bring this to a close, there was a lot of talk about trying to figure out what Russell Westbrook's next team will be beyond the Jazz. So it, it'd be very surprising if he sticks around. Okay, cool. And I think I, the kind of just the second part, if if you don't mind, is um, I know that obviously the Jazz still have Clarkson, um, you know, a guy like Olenek that's a veteran as well. Do you think that they're done, or do you think there's any way that Clarkson, Olenek, anybody else on the Jazz gets moved before the deadline tomorrow? A Linux and Nealitz popped up a little bit here and there. You know, Boston's been mentioned. Miami's been mentioned. Um, I mean, he's definitely a favorite of Danny Ainge, but I think, I mean, everyone, it's, all, it's been it's been pretty consistently communicated that everyone outside of Larry Markkinen, Walker Kessler, and Ugbaji um, are pretty much gettable. I, I would put Colin Sexton as, like, in a tier two behind everybody else. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Clarkson – I'm not expecting to get traded. He can't really reach the extension number that he wants right now based off of CBA limitations. Um, And 
he's definitely going to be coming free agent. Like that seems like a borderline guarantee, just like DeJounte Murray becoming an unrestricted free agent in 24 and OG Ananobi and how Jalen Brunson had to become a free agent if he didn't come to an extension with, uh, with Dallas. So um, that's like a thing, but Utah also really likes Jordan Clarkson. He's widely known for whatever reason to be, a, a, I don't not for whatever reason is he a favorite of Ryan Smith, but for whatever reason, everyone in the league knows that Ryan Smith really likes Jordan Clarkson. So I'm not expecting him to get dealt, but pretty much everyone's going to be up for grabs for sure. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Jake. I really appreciate you answering my questions. Thank you. You got it. Corn, how we doing? Hey, Jake, you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. All right. All right. Um, I, I guess you can assume what I'm going to ask, but um. I, uh, it's, it's been a quiet day for Hawks fans, um, and that makes us worried, but, um, it's been, I don't know, with the whole, uh, you mentioning that Vanderbilt and Beasley was a popular package that people were interested in and how Atlanta was linked to that with John Collins, and now that's gone, um, what, what do you, what do you, like, think? Like, is there anything they are going to do, or, or is it kind of just grasping at straws at this point? I honestly, at this juncture, am expecting John Collins to be an Atlanta Hawk come 3.01 p.m. tomorrow. I am. I mean, they've – it was – I don't remember the exact timeline, but it was like two, three weeks ago where they definitely started putting out the thought to rival teams that, like, we don't have to trade John. We're not just going to trade him to trade him we don't have a mandate to trade him we don't have a price point that we like have to meet him at they were looking to find players that could come back and help this team but yeah outside of the um outside of that utah idea outside of the idea that houston was kind of flirting with collins um i really haven't heard any framework idea concept around him and the people and the people i've talked to in the league today have definitely been speaking it's been a near consensus almost and again anything could happen we're still plenty of time away from here um but it's it's looking like there's i mean to say like this time around the draft like the night before the draft people were convinced that collins was moving and then obviously he didn't and now people are kind of convinced he's not moving so you know what does that say but at this point yeah i i can't tell you i've heard of a team that's wanting him at that salary number and I haven't heard of a of a concept or a framework that's that's gaining momentum at all there. And just one more thing, is there like other people like Bogey or maybe even like a person that isn't playing as much anymore, like a Justin Holiday? Is there like things that might happen there or is that just a similar situation? You really haven't heard anything? Um Holiday's name, and thank you, Corn. I'm moving on to Hunter. Holiday's name was the beginning cycle of this window, but I, he's not going to be a, a top tier, you know, target for for teams. Um, no, I mean Bogdanovich. There's definitely teams interested in him. I mean, someone just texted me. Uh, I'm not sure of the veracity of it, but someone just texted me that like the Lakers have put in a call on Bogdanovich and he's been linked to Dallas and Cleveland and all these, all these places, obviously Milwaukee had interest in him um, before that sign and trade came about or, or fell apart a couple of years ago. Um, and I mean, there, there were 
clearly be, I mean, they don't, they wouldn't have fallen off on their interest in Bogdanovich, but I, I'd be surprised if he gets moved too. Hunter, what's up? What's up, Jake? Thanks for hosting, man. Thanks for having me. You got it, man. What's going on? Man, just uh, trying to figure out what the old David Griffin's up to, my pals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, teams keep saying to keep out an eye out for the Pelicans with OG Ananobi. Toronto has put out a lot of different smoke here and there. I mean, I have heard today from people that even all the three-team stuff with Brooklyn – might have been overblown, um, and it's it's difficult to make a read on anything that's happening with the Raptors right now, except for this Purtle thing and the Purtle trade. Um, seems like it could be decided by the end of the evening. Like that's just the consistent word I've gotten here, um, and maybe that you know signals an idea that they're more of a of a buyer and they're going to try to move forward. It'd be kind of weird if they did. A, I mean, as I've been talking about Pirtle with people around the league tonight, everyone's kind of said, oh, they're going to be buyers now. And I said, well, they could still sell. No one's really thought that could be a thing, but who knows? They could buy and sell. Someone I talked to earlier said that the idea with Pirtle would be to build around Scotty and they could sell everybody else. And now that's kind of like their start. It's all, all that's, you know, obviously there's a ton of smoke, a lot of conflicting stuff, but to bring it back to new Orleans, they've consistently said, and I've always gotten word from Pelicans people that the asking price for OG is too rich for their blood. So Malik Beasley was a, a name I thought would be on the Pelicans radar. And I believe was on their radar for like a smaller move. I mean, they're going to look to do something, I think they're another team that's clearly been in on Boyad Bogdanovich. Um, so if the Pistons are able to um, drum up this bidding war that it seems like they are kind of doing and they actually do pull a plug, that's a name to keep an eye on too. They've been linked to Collins to go back to our last caller. Um, and they would seem like there's pieces that could make sense there. Like if Collins got moved to New Orleans, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but that's kind of like the uh, – and then Jackson Hayes, Jackson Hayes potentially being moved. Devontae Graham's a salary that they definitely want to move off of. That's kind of uh, my, my my mental notebook dump, I can tell you, on the Pelicans. Man, appreciate that. Uh, really do. You got it. And I will be in New Orleans in a couple weeks. And I always love going down to New Orleans. Deepak, how are we? Good. How are you? I'm staying above water. How are you? <laughs> Uh, so I'm a Blazer fan. So the main question is like, since Vanderbilt is off the board, who do you think the Blazers are going after? That's one part of the question. Second is, do you think Nurk is likely to be on the Blazers after the deadline? Yeah, with Nurkic, as much as his name's been out there and they've explored trades with him, eager to take on his salary, you know. So I, I, I would definitely expect him um to be on the roster come tomorrow afternoon with other other options of what portland's looking to buy um off the top of my head i mean they've been plugged in on og Ananobi, um but i don't know how serious that is like i was just saying with the pelicans on, on, on toronto side of things let alone the raptors actually or, or the blazers excuse me actually making headway there um and there hasn't been 
a ton else, unfortunately, uh, to bring on, on Portland for me. I mean, they're obviously, and this goes this goes to be said about every single team. Every team is doing things and having discussions, also that us in the media are not getting wind of as well. We hear we hear a ton, but we're not hearing everything. So there could be other things, but that's all I really got on Portland right now. Unfortunately, uh, Shay, a regular caller. What's going on? What's up, Jake? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks I had um, two questions, um, one around the league, like a general question. So what's been your um, – like what's the vibe you've gotten around um, Kyrie possibly having a long-term like future in Dallas? Or did the Lakers make this trade today to have like a more appealing sign-and-trade package for the Mavericks this summer? And then the second question I had is, like, as a Warriors fan, what are they doing? Like, are they not going to make any moves at all? So, the Warriors, I mean, they're definitely looking to do something. That's, I mean, I know I have finally gotten the Caruso interest confirmed, but I don't think that a deal works there at all. Um, I mean, they're definitely willing to talk about James Wiseman and Moses Moody, but they're only going to move those guys for a stud for someone who's like legitimately going to be playing meaningful postseason minutes for them. And remember, I mean, remember Moses Moody played pretty strong in the Western conference finals a year ago, as much as he struggled in and in out of the lineup this season. So um, outside of Caruso, I mean, another name I've heard, them kind of connected to has been Josh Richardson, but that definitely seems like more of a buyout candidate for them and someone they'd be willing to trade assets for. Awesome. And about Kyrie, have you heard anything about that? No, I mean, the Kyrie dust has kind of settled. I think everyone, I mean, the conversation about him was, was about his bonkers intro press conference that I'm expecting my producer, Zach Nato, who's three calls away in the queue to ask me about, um, no, I mean, for now, everyone's just kind of waiting with bated breath to see how this goes. I know Zach Lowe said a thing on a podcast about the idea of maybe there could be a three-year contract um, for him. That's also the early word I've gotten that a three-year contract extension in Dallas once the season's over, not the four-year max that he wants, not the two-year deal that it seems like every team that was interested in him was requiring, so maybe they split the middle that way. Um, that's kind of all I got there. Franco. Franco, are you there? Yeah, how are you, Jake? I'm doing well. How are you? Excellent. Uh, Nick's film school, Mr. Macri, have convinced me that Obi's, Obi's on the way out. What are your, what are your <laughs> thoughts? He's definitely been in trade talks for sure. I wouldn't say he's definitely on the way out because there's no, I mean, of all the teams in the league, the last couple of years that have been active and you hear things about them, the Knicks seem to be involved in things that fall apart more than most. And that could just be, um, you know, because people like to rag on the Knicks. I mean, deals, deals fall apart all the time, all the time. So, but I just I, – I don't think there's, like, a clear goal right now on what to do with Obi Toppin and the organization. And it really seems like um, 
from people I've talked to that like depending on which Knicks executive you call, you might get a different idea of what they're trying to do. Um, and that's also been mentioned as a characteristic of other organizations. But I mean, the Knicks are trying to get better right now with rotation caliber pieces. They're, they're definitely been linked to wings, right? I mean, obviously the latest has been um, Josh Hart. Um, I mean, Cam Radish, I, I think is a, borderline guarantee to be traded and if, if not he'll i think swiftly be bought out um a, a, a new thing there is that there's definitely been some talk of cam potentially heading to denver in a three-team concept um that would send out bones like if if bones does get moved that maybe there could be a three-team opportunity to get cam also in um a returning package to the nuggets um but for the OB, I mean, I've heard Indiana has had some interest. He was in that Utah stuff. Um, but that's really about it for now on him. And do you see any path for us to get a star this summer? And what star? <laughs> I mean, the whole star hunting game is so fickle and so fluid. I mean, we woke up on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, did not really. I mean, on Tuesday last week, someone said to me, you know, the Kyrie stuff is not going well and he could request a trade and keep an eye on that. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. But, um, I didn't, I did not expect that to come and no one in the league was like bracing for that. Right. So the other thing right now is that Kevin Durant is the thing people are bracing for. He is the star that teams want, that teams are waiting to see if Brooklyn, no matter what they're doing now to get better. Um, um, sorry, I'm getting a text. Uh, and I mean, the th- everything will fall in line from behind Kevin Durant, and that could create a whole bunch of movement. Teams are going to look at Zach Levine, but the Bulls are consistently trying to get better. I mean, the fact that they're being linked to Russell Westbrook on the buyout market says something there too. I mean, I've been told for te- from teams that have called on Caruso, the Bulls only really want things, pieces, players back that keeps them competitive right now. They want to make the playing tournament and make a run. Um, so your guess is as good as mine who the next star could be. But at that that being said, like if that guy becomes available, if anyone, I mean, the Knicks and the Nets, I don't believe have ever made a trade. I wouldn't think Kevin Durant would be heading to New York if that were to happen. But look, anytime the next guy becomes available, the Knicks are going to have as much capital as anybody to do it. So am I ruling it out? No. Am I guaranteeing they're going to get the next guy? No. We got the capital. We just can't pull the trigger. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. You got it. Um, someone just texted me about Josh Hart to New York again. So I would keep that on uh, uh, Nick's brain. Arju, how we doing? I'm good. Can you hear me? Yes. I can hear you. Uh, I was going to ask. What do you think uh, the Miami Heat are going to do at the deadline? Also, heart to the Knicks. Yeah. Has that been reported as done? Are you, are you just – Yeah, Woj There you go. There you go. Woj. Yeah. Someone, yeah. Someone just texted that, and here it is. So, yeah, there's the Josh Hart deal. I mean, I would think Cam Reddish – I would think that's the case. Um, we'll see 
what else comes out there? Um, with the Heat, I mean, they're definitely looking at power forward type players. I think they'll be active on the buyout market too. I don't think it's been reported yet. If it has, whatever, credit to whoever put it out there first. Um, I, uh, um, I mean, Russell Westbrook to Miami has been like the loudest buyout landing spot for him that I've heard dating back to like this past summer when um, um, sorry, I'm, I'm reading and talking at the same time this past summer when, you know, the Utah Russell stuff started coming up, like that was the idea that Miami would be kind of like the leading buyout spot for him. And they're definitely going to look at Kyle Larry. I mean, look, the Lakers jazz Timberwolves deal is obviously super interesting um, for variety of reasons, but it's also interesting in how it impacts um, the rest of the point guard market and that the Clippers, and they've been linked to Russell Westbrook too. So maybe they end up getting assurances, let's say, that Westbrook's coming and they don't feel like they need to make a point guard move. But if there's going to be a deal for Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Vliet, which, you know, the Heat, I've been told, are definitely open to moving him. Um, you know, the Clippers are really kind of the only landing spot left. You could say Phoenix. Um, I mean, they have not added a point guard to this juncture, and they clearly have been looking for point guards. I don't think Kyle Lowry um, is on their radar in that the idea um, with Chris Paul has been to find a potential long-term replacement for him who could also maybe be a backup right now. So Kyle Lowry doesn't fit that description. If he's going to get moved, I mean, it seems like the Clippers would be the most logical scenario for him. Um, someone, I'm just saying it because we're live and people are hanging out. Someone is texting me that they think the deal is Hartenstein and Reddish going to no, – I'm not reporting that as solid information. That's just a text I'm getting, but I'm passing it along. Um, from there with Miami, I mean, I think they're going to be probably a player on on the buyout market more so than a trade if there is no Kyle Lowry deal. Um, doesn't seem like Duncan Robinson's getting moved. They've got some decisions to make this summer with paying Gabe Vincent and Max Strews. So if one of those guys got moved here, I would not be shocked, but I think they want to try their best to retain both those guys. Um, that's kind of my, all I got to say on Miami. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. Anything else, Arju? Basically what you're hearing is that it's, it's Josh Hart for Hartenstein and Reddish. That's one person texting me who I will be honest is not part of either of those teams. And now I'm trying to check that. Um, oh my God, Macri, come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. The spirit of the show. Just kidding. You're doing, you're, you're having fun on Twitter. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm trying to get this. I'm texting people now. Uh, and one of my next people is on Signal, not on iMessage. So harder to do. I'm on the phone. But we'll, we'll move it along to Zach Nadeau, the man, the myth, the legend, and the Mavericks fan. Zach, you there? 
Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I was well, expecting uh, better of someone with uh, such calling experience as yourself. Well, I was when when I heard you talk about someone tweeting, I immediately went to Twitter to try and bully that person to to respect the spirit of the show. So it was actually on Twitter. Uh, no, nah, we love Jonathan Macri. He's the man. Yeah. It's okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, just just doing my job, Jake. That's you know. <laughs> so, um, one, just a quick message to all the Lakers fans. I know there's someone in here with a Kyrie Lakers avatar. Like, chill. You didn't get him. Um, <laughs> Y'all need to chill. Enjoy losing in the play-in. Just, just hold that L. Um, Jake, you predicted it. I was going to ask about the Mavs. I'd assume Tim McMahon would have the best intel on it. But he said, you know, it's no secret. Christian Wood, Tim Hardaway Jr., pieces the Mavs want to move. Um, but doesn't seem like there's a market there. If you could just... If you have any additional insight on that, otherwise it sounds like the Mavs will probably be standing pat. Yeah, I mean, the Mavs want to get better, for sure. For sure. They do not think this team is as good as they could in theory make it right now. Um, and look, like, having Maxi Kleba come back um, would be a huge win in that there was a lot of talk for a while. Um, sorry, one second. You're good. Real-time texting. Um, I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr., they've been trying to move for a year and a half now. JaVale <laughs> McGee is definitely a name out there. Um, but I don't. I have not heard of a, of a strong thing that seems likely. Um, and this could be – this could be it. But, I mean, clearly that they're, they sent out their best defensive player, especially their best perimeter defender. Um, and they could uh, use obvious upgrades there. But at this point, there's nothing like solid I can really bring you, unfortunately. I know what they're trying to do. I don't know what seems likely and what's actually going to yeah. be coming back. No, all good. Uh, appreciate that. My only other question is you, I think, were pretty much, even though you didn't tweet about it, um, in the off season, you were like the first person on that Spaces with Stein or the Spotify Live to say like Malik Monk to the Kings. And that was before like Woj, Shams, anybody said it. Anything, whether, <laughs> you know, for it to not be aggregated necessarily or to, I know you may not <laughs> want it on Twitter, but can you give us, like, if there's anything that's under the radar or any teasers about, you know, you just talked about Derrick Rose, any anybody that, you know, mainstream people wouldn't think that wouldn't be a surprise if they get moved or end up at a specific place? Um, something to call... That hasn't been reported yet. No, I mean, at this stage, like, there's been so much talk and so many ideas and concepts and frameworks and whatever thrown around for three months at this point that things could get circled back upon, let's say, that we're, like, dead and could get resuscitated, whatever. Um, but something out of left field right now, I mean, that hasn't been reported yet that I have been sitting on like nothing. I mean, the Malik Monk thing, I think that was kind of like a, like a timing of free agency situation where like the deal, let's be honest, seemed kind of done just like a lot of these before the 6 PM buzzer. And like a lot of my job and the way I cover the league is like forecasting things that could may and will happen as opposed to like, 
being the one in the moment to put it out right. So um, I feel like it's easier sometimes to like call some shots on free agent things than trades that are like literally being discussed and being finalized in this second, you know. So um, I'm sorry I don't have a better answer for you. No, all good. Appreciate it, Jake. Thanks so much. Got it, man. All right. AJ. AJ, how we doing? All right. Can you hear me? It's my first time doing it on PC. Hello? Hey, how's it going? All right, there we go. Sorry, I'm using PC instead of my phone this time. Um, You're good. So I got to ask about the Pacers as usual. Got any spicy info, anything? The Pacers stole some cap room. So if they go out and they add someone with larger salaries, such as a John Collins or an OG on an OB or fill in the blank, I'd be not so, so surprised. They've been more quietly. I mean, Chris Duarte's name has definitely been out there. And what can they get for Chris Duarte and a pick um, has been a thing for sure. Um, so he's a name that I'm definitely keeping an eye on and keeping an ear out for to see um, if that comes. Uh, but for now, they've been, kind of been quiet. I mean, I know they're looking to be active. I know they're looking to, to add um, as opposed to being a seller that people thought they might be at season's beginning, right? Um, and, I, I mean, clearly power forward is the position I would, I would think they're looking to. I mean, they've been looking to add a power forward for two years. So that's kind of all I got for you on the Pacers. All right, Thomas. I want to say, I want to say, Hi, I want to say, in oh. the spirit of the, of the of the title, please don't aggregate this. My first thought when the deal went through for Hart, I said, as I imagined it'd be Cam Reddish going back, and then someone texted me Hartenstein as a question. I want that to be clear, but it's all good, Thomas. What's up? Hi, Jake. Thanks for taking my call. Uh. You got with a lot of the top guards on the market being moved already. Are the Clippers pivoting to like upgrading at another position, or are they sort of all in on Van Vliet or Lowry? To be honest, the only thing I'm certain on Toronto right now is that they're really engaged on Jakob Pertle. I mean, from there, we're gonna see. I think the Clippers are are definitely circling Fred. Orlando is a situation to keep an eye on. I'm not so certain Phoenix anymore, just with the whole Kevin Durant of it all looming over everything. Um, if Fred got moved to a situation that was not uh, Miami, the Clippers, um, or Orlando, I'd be a bit surprised right now. Um, the OG stuff, I mean, if, if you take every rival team at their word, which – so much, you know, misdirection and misinformation these days. But I have not heard a single team that is actually called Toronto say that they believe Toronto's asking price is reasonable. And they believe that Toronto is willing to do a deal at a price point that other teams are are comfortable with. So process of elimination would make it seem like there probably isn't something happening there. And we could see maybe – it just ends up being, I mean, the rappers have said the teams all along, we could just be buyers here. I mean, they haven't had a Sterling season, right? But I'm pulling up the standings right now because I haven't looked at it today yet. 
I mean, they're in the 10 spot. They're only four games out of the six seed. If they really think adding Yaka Pirtle can push them into the postseason picture up to six like a year ago, and they regroup in the summer, wouldn't be surprised if we see that. So the Pirtle thing is the only – I mean, Hart obviously was a, a, a trade that happened before that. Um, every, I mean, it just – I'm kind of expecting to get some clarity on Pirtle tonight. I mean, he's in Toronto right now. It would just make a lot of sense if the Raptors really do, are motivated to get this deal done. And there's interest there on both sides. Like I put out on Twitter, heard from multiple people that the Spurs are interested in Delano Banton. Um, and I mean, I, it's also, it seems pretty consistent that Toronto, uh, San Antonio wants first round draft capital back for Pirtle too. Um, we'll see if that gets completed. Obviously Boston's in the mix. Mark Stein reported Washington this morning. I've also heard the Wizards, but I've also heard the Wizards are unlikely. But an interesting note about Yaka Pirtle to the Wizards. He played college at Utah with both Kyle Kuzma and DeLon Wright, who obviously Kyle Kuzma is uh, shaping into a starry bell of the ball free agent that a lot of teams want to acquire and that the Wizards are planting their feet deeper and deeper into the sand saying they don't want to move. So in theory, would adding a college teammate of that guy help him want to stay? Yeah, but it also just from uh, just from my vantage point, kind of funny to think that in this world where, you know, a guy's brother or a cousin, like Dame's cousin has been on a two-way deal in Portland and, you know, Thanasis in Milwaukee, like the fact that Kyle Kuzma, there'd be like a big trade of Yaka Pertl to like keep him. That seems like a little bit far-fetched to me, but if it works, it works. And there's definitely been a thought that Washington would, like to add a center next to Porzingis um, to uh, to uh, kind of slide him down a position at times. But I, I have been told, like I said, I've been told that's a, that's an unlikely deal. So it really does seem like it's between Boston and Toronto for Pirtle. And so far today um, and through this evening, Toronto seems like they're in the driver's seat to acquire him. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. You got it. I just get to ramble into my phone with strangers across the, the country. What a concept. Brandon, how are we? Brandon going once. Brandon going twice. All right, we're going to Kyle. Howdy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How's it going, Jake? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm actually Good. running out of steam here. I'm not going to lie, but we're having fun. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's go with the Charlotte Hornets here and the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I had hopes that Kings might get Josh Hart. That's out of the question. I was uh, shooting for Vanderbilt. That obviously didn't work out. So I'm sitting here going, well, hmm. What are the Kings up to? <laughs> I want to see them do something, but it, maybe they're going to have a quiet trade deadline after all here. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely looking to get better, and they're definitely looking to find a new home uh, for Rashawn Holmes and Alex Len. They keep getting connected to Mason Plumley, And like yeah, I've I heard wrote, that too. Like I wrote um, on Tuesday, 
I think it was Monday, whenever I wrote it, um, that, um, sorry, that, um, uh, Rashawn for Plumlee would make sense salary wise. And Rashawn was someone at least on the Hornets radar back in either 2020 or 2021. I forget which year off the top of my head, apologies. Um, whatever year they traded for, um, Plumlee at the draft, that was, the big free agent summer of centers where all these guys thought they were going to get paid by Charlotte and no one did because they just traded for Plumless. So it would, it would make a little sense to, to bring back uh, homes in that area. Um, Absolutely. They've been connected to Tybal. I've heard a deal framework there that I haven't gotten confirmed, so I won't say it. Um, but also, I mean, I don't think the Kings want to do anything so, so drastic. And this is what I've been told. Like, I mean, they are still third in the West. The vibes are strong. I don't think they want to do anything too, too drastic that could potentially mix up the chemistry and shake things up in in a, in a negative way. Yeah. No, I agree. I just want to see them do something here to fix their backup center problem and, uh, maybe uh, somebody that can play defense on the wing or the perimeter, like Thibault, You know, at least give give us something to help us uh, in the playoffs this year. If, if if we make the playoffs, I should still say that. There you go. You never know right. what's going to happen. So All yeah, right, I appreciate Kyle. it, man. Always appreciate you. We'll go to Scott, Shannon, Zach. I'll try to get to Jackson. Jackson's our last caller in the queue. Um. I'm running out of energy, but we're going with it. Scotty, what's hey, up? Hey, Jake, thank you for doing this. Um, I came it. in a bit late, so just just to go back on the Toronto front, I saw your tweet earlier about Pirtle. Um, do you have any idea what, like, a full package would be besides Banton? Like, I know Gary Trent was talked about in a possible Pirtle deal. I just wanted to know if you had any clarity on who else would be in the trade besides Banton. I haven't heard Trent. Um, I don't want to say – anything else after the Hartenstein debacle. Um, but I would look at Jakob Pertl's $9.3 million salary and look at players on Toronto's roster that their salary uh, is similar and they're not obviously not named Scotty Barnes and something like that with a first. That would be um, my expectation uh if it if it's Banton truly, um, you know, Banton a first and salary filler could work. Again, I'm not reporting that's the deal because um, the hardest I think is so funny, man. I've seen so many people. I've scrolled through my shittier version of TweetDeck that I am upset about TweetDeck. Like every other media person, you probably tweeted about seen tweet about TweetDeck. Um, yeah, I don't have anything more solid outside of the fact that Spurs like Banton, Raptors want Pirtle, Spurs want a first-round pick, and then some, and Toronto seems willing and able to put a pick on the board. So that's all I thank really you, got. Thank you, Jake. Just one quick follow-up. Do you expect, do you expect yeah. uh, Fred Van Fleet and OG Ananobi to be Raptors after the deadline tomorrow? At this point, like I said before, I really don't know. I don't think they know. <laughs> Maybe they do. But they've been putting out all this blood in the water. 
and talking about selling. Everyone's looking at sellers, and it seems like they're making moves on buying Pirtle. So at this rate, could they sell as well? Possibly. Um, but I would say, as I wrote earlier this week, in that scenario, it does seem like Fred is more likely to get moved. And in the words of people I've spoken with from other teams, unreasonable to other teams. So just by default, I would think Fred is just, I mean, and, and people have been saying that to me, that Fred's the most likely of those two guys to get moved. Shannon. Hi, Jake. Um, my question is, do you think, um, like, what is Caruso's market? Because I really want the Lakers to bring him back. So, like, are any teams, like, out there trying to get him? A lot of teams have called on Caruso for sure. Um, I'll just say this. The Bulls don't really want to move Caruso. And as I said earlier in the show, um, if they make any trades here in Chicago, they want pieces back that can help them win now. And I just – moving Alex Caruso at his salary, you know, he's in that $9 million tier like Pertle we were talking about earlier – now, how how are you going to move him and get back like win now pieces that are better than Alex Caruso? That's just that that fits this team more interestingly. I, I I'd be surprised if he got dealt. Zach, hey Jake, uh, probably a very long twenty four hours for you coming up. We appreciate you. Thanks for doing all that you do. Real quick, you Lowry uh, deal. If it happens, you saying probably going to go to the Clippers. What would a return look like? And also, you have any information on what's going on with Grant Williams in in Boston? Thanks. Sorry, your question was, what would a Larry to the Clippers deal look yes. like? Yes, and then the second is Grant Williams. Any info about him being moved tomorrow? So, Larry to the Clippers, I mean, I don't know how likely it is, to be honest. Um, I think if a deal gets done, Lou Kennard's name has been probably the one of the Clippers' mid-tier salaries. I'd say Robert Covington the second, and even just looking, like looking on the court, Norm Powell and Marcus Morris have been in closing lineups for the Clippers time and again over those two guys, and I would think I would think that those would be the pieces heading out the door in theory, but. I'm not expecting Kyle Lowry trade to happen. And I think also any team taking him uh, on would be wanting capital back if they're not getting off bad contracts. And, like, I don't think either Kennard or Covington's deals are, like, considered negative value deals. So I'm not really expecting that um, to happen. And, honestly, I'm, I'm sorry for pushing you off. I forget your second question. But if Matthew remembers what the second question was, I'll be happy to answer that and then Matthew's question. <laughs> oh, hey, Jake. Um, I think it was the second question was Grant Williams. Grant Williams, right, yes. So, I mean, Grant's things popped up a bunch for sure. Um, but, I mean, the restrictive free agency mechanism really benefits the team. And even if there is the disparity that we've heard between what Grant wants and what the Celtics are willing to pay him. Um, and let's say, I mean, the numbers 
that were out there were like in the 12 to 15 million dollar range and Grant wanting a little bit more than that, right? Is there really a team that's going to be willing to muck up their offseason for a 72 hour offer sheet for Grant Williams when there's a pretty healthy expectation that the Celtics would match whatever deal he gets that's below a certain threshold? And then will any team be willing to pay him the 18 to $20 million it would take to make Boston balk at that. I'm not so sure. So I don't think there's, I mean, he could very well get traded, certainly possible, but I'm not expecting it. Um, and I think other teams are certainly calling Boston about him. And when Boston calls teams, they're going to ask about Grant, but I don't, uh, I don't expect him to get dealt. I really don't. Um, Matthew, what do you got for yourself? Yeah. Hey, Jay. Thanks. Um, thank you. So I'll make this real quick. Um, anything about the Nets? Um, we know about Durant um, and his question. We don't know if he's staying, if he wants to get traded. So we're going on the assumption that Durant's not getting traded in the next uh, 12 hours or so. So what do you think the Nets will do? Because um, I know they're trying to get Simmons, Ben Simmons traded. So, do you, what do you think the the Nets do here? Thanks, Jake. Yeah, you got it. I mean, the Nets are are definitely looking to improve. That's that's the one thing that's been consistent. And I mean, they're definitely looking with an eye towards front court additions. I keep being told that a popular name for them, Nasrid, is not actually a target for them. Um, so, we'll see who that guy actually is. Um, Outside of that, I mean, yeah, they're going to – I mean, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Kyle Lowry, like any 30-plus, 30 30-ish million-dollar deal that's got another season on it for a guy who's either aging or playing below expectations, their name is certainly going to be thrown across the phone line to see if their team's going to take it. But to say the Nets are, like, going around shopping Ben Simmons, I mean – to me, shopping is like going around being like, we're trying to move this guy. We're, we're definitely moving him if, you know, whenever we get this. Um, so um, I don't think that's the case. I think he's just like a salary they've explored every time a call happens. Like, oh, would you take Ben? That type of thing. We got Fernando and then Jackson, and we're going to get out of here. Thank you, everybody, so, so much for the time. Um this has been fun. I appreciate the the uh, participation and the listenership. Fernando, what's up? You're on mute, Fernando. Fernando going once. Fernando going twice. All right, Jackson for our final call. Jackson, you there? Hey Jake, you got me? Yeah, what's your drink in your in your profile picture here? That is a uh, good old Bloody Mary. Good old Bloody Mary. I'm not a Bloody yeah. Mary guy. I get, I mean, I get acid reflux. All that tomato juice, never been good. Yeah, for either me. love them or you hate them. I thought that was an old fashioned, which was no. I uh, yeah, prefer I'm a drink of mine. Love old fashioned. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Bucks question, Jay Crowder. Um, Obviously, you know, hasn't come to fruition yet. Any other teams that maybe slide in there and scoop him up? Is he a buyout candidate? Um, anything new new on that front? 
Sorry, I was reading a text and missed the name. <laughs> Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. There you go. What a what a place to end this. The guy who's been out there the longest of anybody. I have only really heard Portland, Milwaukee, Atlanta, and Miami as teams interested in Crowder. The Bucks obviously have not made a deal yet, and it seems like there's nobody and no combination uh, – to make a two-team deal work to bring Jay Crowder from Phoenix to Milwaukee. So I expect those teams to continue uh, to look at um, to look at three-team contests to make that happen. Um, if he doesn't get moved, I don't know what's going to happen, to be honest. It's, it's a very bizarre situation that continues to be looked at around the league as a bizarre situation for an aging role player in a contract year to just be sent home and not come to play at all. Um, And will there be an opportunity for retribution? I mean, I'll say this, like I was in the Suns locker room last night, they were here in Brooklyn um, and pretty much to a man, every guy said like they'd love to have Jay Crowder back. So at that, I mean, from the, from the players' mouths, it would seem like there could be opportunity for him to come back, but it would just be so bizarre for him to have sat out and them to be so, you know, like at odds to this degree with the front office or coaching staff or whatever, and to have him just walk back through that door. It would be very, very weird and very surprising. But this league has brought, you know, more uncomfortable situations in the past. So who's to say, but yeah, um, I'll just say this last thing. Um, doesn't seem like Portland, uh, Nick's deal is like fully complete. People think there's like a third team or another component. Um, we'll see what shakes out here, but yeah, that's all I got. Jackson. Thank you. Thank you, everybody else. Thank you to my buddy Jonathan Macri at Nick's Film School for blatantly disregarding the title of the show. But we love you. Love everybody else. A lot will happen uh, between now and 3 p.m. Stay tuned. Not sure when the next call-in will be, but I appreciate all you guys. Thank you for the support, and uh, take care. See you.